Hi, this is Tom Stone, and if you just listened to the previous episode, which had the interview with James and Kira, well, now you've joined us for the next episode, the follow-on to that episode, which is putting all the pressure and putting Kira directly in the hot seat, because Kira has a really interesting story, and I think a lot of people will relate to... First of all, how Kira got into property investing in the first place, but also the major challenge that she's had to overcome to get out of a career, to get out of that full-time job and into property investing, where now she's seeing the results, she's seeing the return, she's making profits. Um, so we're gonna hear Kira's story. We're gonna hear about how she overcame those challenges and what fears she had and what, uh, processes she had to follow in her own mind uh, and then we're going to have a little bit of a chat about rent to rent which is a very fashionable and trending property investment strategy at the moment if you do it correctly so hopefully by the end of this you are going to be motivated to overcome your fears to get through any challenges you currently have and get into property investing and maybe Kira might share some golden nuggets about how to do the rent to rent strategy. I'll leave that bit to her. But thank you again, Kira, for sticking around and joining us for this. No, thank you. It's, it's been great to, to be here. Awesome. And this is your first podcast interview as well. So I'm very proud. It is. I love it. OK, so I'm going to kind of hand over to you here. And what I think might be good is if we just start from the beginning, you're full time employed. Let's go from there. Over to you. Yep. So prior to starting up my company, Wise Let's, I was an estate agent for 14 years. So I did the usual thing, obviously, school, went to college, hated college. And my parents turned around and said to me, the only way that I could quit college is if I got myself what they deemed to be a decent full-time job. Um, so as luck would have it, I applied for a weekend position as a negotiator at a local estate agency um, just to kind of work part time whilst I was at college. But that coincided with me hating college and wanting to quit. Um, and I remember being sat on the back of the bus and the manager of the agency phoning me and saying, are you still looking for a job? I was like, yes, absolutely. And he's like, is it full time or part time? And I was like, full time, thinking this could be my way out. And yeah, things fell into place. I went in, interviewed and got taken on as a negotiator at 17, which obviously you being in the industry is, is quite young. I couldn't drive. So my colleagues in the office hated me because I had to send them out and do my viewings until I passed my driving test. Um, so yeah, just kind of worked my way through agency. When the recession hit, I took a career break from agency and went into recruitment didn't really like that and wanted to get back into agency um so yeah obviously worked my way up um along the ladder there's quite a good career progression in a state agency so at the time of kind of starting my business I was senior sales manager obviously me and James had been together quite some time decided to start a family fell pregnant obviously had a year's worth of maternity leave and in my head I kind of I thought I knew where I was going so I had my little girl I knew I wanted to go back part-time because kind of full-time hours with the child just wasn't going to work I thought I had everything in place so before going off on maternity leave I'd agreed the days that I would come back the hours and that I would still be able to go back in my same position so I was senior sales manager at the time 
And then I remember keeping in touch with like the management of the company. And then I think it was a month or two before being due to go back to work. I had an email saying, can you come back in for a meeting? Thinking I was going in just to sort out the, the finer details. And it was like, boom. So I got told that I wasn't able to go back in the same position. So I would have to take a two-step demotion if I wanted to go back on reduced hours. The office that I'd worked in for the, a number of years, I wasn't able to go back to that office. And the pay obviously was going to be greatly reduced. And I remember thinking, how has this all come about? And you know, with anything, it's it's the bottom line, isn't it? I was going to be too expensive in that position. And I remember there being lots of tears and coming back and speaking to James and thinking, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? And at the time I was like, well, I'm just going to have to take it because I didn't really know anything else. And in the previous interview, James has mentioned listening to podcasts and stuff like that. And at the time we'd already started building our property investments. So we had a few properties behind us, but it wasn't enough to sustain an income for myself. Um, and he'd heard about rent to rent. And I remember him telling me about rent to rent. And I was thinking, why on earth would any landlord give me their property to then rent out of a, as, a, as a profit? Why would they not do that themselves? And I thought, okay, I'll, I'll research more into it. So I spent the time, you know, listening to podcasts, doing research on the internet, getting books on it. And I thought, do you know what? I'm never going to know unless I give it a go. And I then started viewing properties, speaking to other people that did rent to rent as well, just to try and get some tips and stuff. And this was, I think, in the July, August time. And then I picked up the keys to my first property um, without really knowing what I was doing, just kind of went headfirst into it in the October. Um, so yeah, pretty much a, a day to a, a year to the day that my, my daughter was born. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it, it's funny, isn't it? Because there are so many people, especially women, who have that. It, it's a fear, isn't it? A fear that uh, when you're off on your maternity, you have your child um, and you're going through that challenge. And then you think, well, I can just go back to work when everything is a bit simpler and settled down and you've recovered yourself and everything like that. And then to be told that actually, no, you're going to be demoted two positions down and a pay cut. And then all of a sudden your security's gone. And, and, and it's, that, it's that uncertainty that probably stressed you out quite a lot, I'd imagine. Absolutely. Yeah, I've been used to, you, you've got your comfort blanket. And I knew going back to a state agency, I'd have my basic income. Yeah, it was down to me to work that bit harder to earn my commission. That was absolutely fine. Um, but then thinking, crikey, I, I'm not potentially going to have that. I had to make that decision, right, do, do I want to go back to that and know that I'm going to be really unhappy? Or am I going to work my socks off trying to make something work that I'm in control of everything? Because I hate, I'm a real, I am a, I'm a control freak. And knowing that kind of my options had been taken away from me and it was out of my control, I hated that. Um, so, yeah, looking at a business where I would be in control, obviously, there's a lot of variables, but I'd be in control of, you know, my decisions, then that was, yeah, a, a big driver. Yeah. And, and so once you've made that decision, you're going to jump from, all right, yes, it was, you were demoted and you were going to take a pay cut, but it was still a, a career that you could then try and rebuild and a lot, and probably more within your comfort zone than maybe jumping out of a career and going all of yourself. 
So once you made that decision, you're obviously, there's obviously some fears at play here as well. But when you started saying, okay, I'm going to go all out, I'm going to build my own property investment business, um, what sort of challenges and fears were you contending with during that time? And how did you get over them? So the biggest thing, particularly with rent to rent, I remember thinking, so I I'd managed to secure my first property and it was a seven bed. So the rent on a seven bed is fairly high. And obviously I didn't have an, an income as such. So obviously you go through the referencing process. I've secured this property. James Blessing stood as a guarantor because he had you know, his solid income. But I'm thinking I'm guaranteeing this amount of money I don't really know if it's going to work. Obviously, we had our own buy-to-lets at the time. They were managed, though. So I didn't really have that kind of background with regards to managing properties. And I'm a massive dot the I's, cross the, the T's person. And I know there is so much compliance around letting, letting properties, not just single lets. Then when you get into HMO compliance, that's on a whole nother level. Oh, yeah. So that was a massive fear of mine. And one bit of the story I forgot to mention. So obviously I'm thinking I'm not going to be able to go back to my job. I'm thinking of starting up my business. I started going to property networking events. And at the time I met um, a director of another estate agency and I told him what I was looking to do, the situation that I was in. And he very kindly said, well, come work for me. He's like, we offer this self-employed model. He's like, you can still earn on the side. Um, and yeah, we kind of got the ball rolling there. So I did a small stint with that company and it was fantastic. And actually, whilst I was there, I learned a lot about the lettings process because not only was I doing sales, I was also involved with the letting side. So I worked very closely with like the admin team. So I was able to learn exactly, you know, what bits of paper I needed to set up a tenancy because as I said, I've never set up my own tenancies before. So going out and having to set up seven, I didn't have a Scooby. So I really used that time to learn the processes and learn a lot more about the legislation. And then that gave me more confidence to obviously be able to, to do it myself. But so yeah, it was the, the fears really were with the compliance and the money. I'm guaranteeing this amount of money, putting my name to it. And what if I can't fill those rooms? You know, I remember being waking up in the middle of the night saying to James, am I doing the right thing? Can we afford this? Are we going to be okay? And yeah, you just got to kind of go with it sometimes. Yeah. And, and do you know what's interesting is it's a, it's a lovely story because I think so many people are in that situation, whether it's through pregnancy or whether it's through just being stuck in a job and they want to leave it and they want to do something, whether that's property or something else in business, perhaps. I think that everybody can relate to that. Everybody has to make that sort of decision at some points in their lives. Yeah. Um, and you know what? Yeah. What, what I love about it is that you can either do something or, or don't. There's, there's only two options, isn't it? If you want to achieve a certain goal, you either go for it or you don't. And I think a lot of people, um, their brain will exaggerate the fear in more ways than one so you're you what you mentioned there is that you start to think have i got enough money to do this can i afford this and what what a lot of people forget to do i think is truly calculate the mathematics of the risk and what's the worst case scenario the worst case scenario 
is that you don't fill any of those rooms and you've got to pay the landlord rent for a certain period of time. Um, and that is the worst case scenario. And then you work out what are the chances of that happening? Yeah. Fairly low, <laughs> right? Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you've done your due diligence on the demand for those properties, on the values of the properties, and you set the values right. If you've got seven, seven rooms in a house, now let's say, for example, you've agreed to pay the landlord a thousand quid a month to rent yeah. that place, yeah? And you've got seven rooms and you know I can get, you know, the general value is 400 a month. So now you know you've got 1,100 pound gross profit before any costs, right? 1,100 pounds, you've got 2,100 pounds coming in in rent, best case scenario, and yeah. you've got 1,000 pounds that you pay out to the landlord. Nice. Yeah. The worst case scenario is you rent those rooms out, seven of them, for 120 pound a month, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then you can guarantee that you're going to rent those rooms out for 120 pound a month. And that is exactly the thought process that I went through. I remember working out the worst case scenario and exactly that, what was the minimum that I had to rent those rooms for just to break even. And if I broke even, that was fine. But obviously no one wants to break even. But knowing that that was kind of my, my comfort zone. Yeah, and it's like we said in the in the, the previous interview. And by the way, if you're just tuning, if you're just listening to this now and um, you missed the previous episode. So the previous episode to this one is where we, we were talking to James and Kira about their overall property investing. And we talked a little bit about yield. And if in that scenario, you're paying out a thousand pounds a month, then really you could say, okay, my minimum yield is 20%. So you can just make sure that you never get less than 1200 pounds a month and you've got 20% coming in. Um, <laughs> technically, but you don't want 20%, you want two, two grand a month, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess, I, I'm sorry, I've, I've jumped in a bit here because I just wanted to kind of really emphasize on the points that you're making there where have a look at that worst case scenario and once you calculate it mathematically, it's probably not as bad as you think. Definitely, that's a very good point. Yeah. Okay, so, so we've got to that point now where you've, You've been in the career, you've fallen pregnant, congratulations, and you've gone off on a maternity for 12 months thinking that you're coming back to your career once that maternity is done. That got thrown up in the air for you. So you decided to go into um, business for yourself, property investing, and you start off with your first property, get that under your belt, loads of fear. I can imagine that being quite scary, um, but you did it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, you just made, you know what? Yeah, I'm terrified of this. Okay, let's do it. Let's, let's see. Let's see what happens. So where did you go from there? Talk us through the next part. So I had the first one and I always knew that I wanted to turn it into a business. I could see an opportunity. And I remember, so this one was in the October and I got a phone call. So I got, got my first one through an estate agent. And then I got another phone call from that same estate agent in the new year. And she told me about this property that come up with needed a lot more work. But my first one, I was really lucky. It was just a case of changing furniture. It was in really good order, very modern. And then she told me about the second property. So I went and had a look at it. And I was like, oh, my goodness, it needed a full refurb. But luckily, the landlord was very open to doing some work. But it's funny, friends of mine will still tell, tell us now, when the phone call came through, we were on a skiing holiday at the time. And I remember being sat 
with friends saying, oh, I've got this opportunity to go for another one. I don't know what to do. And they still say, now, I remember when you were sat on your second one and you don't, didn't know whether to go ahead or not. And obviously things, as we talk, talked about before, just snowballed. Um, so yeah, I got the second one under my belt, got that filled really quickly. Um, I think it was when I got to, I think my fifth rental, so fifth shared house, that I was time poor. I was at the stage where I was essentially cash rich, but I was so time poor. My time was on my own. And I set up my business. The reason I wanted to go back to work essentially was to be part-time, to have time with my little girl. I've set up this business and I've never had so little time. And that was when it really hit me in the face. I was miserable and I thought, what have I done this for? I've essentially created myself a full-time job. Yes. I'm my own boss, but I am essentially doing everything. So from the viewings to the management, to the being on call 24 seven, to going and doing the inspections, to general admin, everything was coming to my desk. And I was, yeah, like I say, miserable. And it took for me to take a step back and look at ways in which I could put some systems in place and actually treat it as a business rather than turning myself into what a one-man band letting agent that things have become a lot easier um i think the first steps i took was to write down literally every bit i was doing so every task attribute a time to it and then look at ways in which i could outsource those tasks so i obviously a lot of people would go and use a an estate agent, a letting agent, and then just get rid of it all. But obviously that would wipe off a lot of the, the um, bottom line profits. And in most instances, it's not feasible for a rent to rent operator to actually then go and instruct a letting agent fully managed. So I had to look at kind of like a hybrid model. So um, I started speaking to a few people that I thought could maybe do the on the ground stuff. I knew that there had to be on the ground stuff and then there was the admin side of things. So I started speaking to a few people that I thought could maybe go out and do my viewings, um, my inspections, the inventories. And as luck would have it, a girl that I used to work with that was an experienced property manager and she was in the process of starting up her own property management business. So they're doing really well. So they're, they're FICA, FICA Co-Living. They've started doing some property management now. Um, she said, I'll do it for you. I was like, right, okay. And she knew I didn't want this fully managed service. She was like, yeah, I can do this kind of hybrid model for you. So I was like, great. So that was kind of my first step to kind of pushing some of the tasks away. I was still doing all the admin at this time because kind of in my eyes, that was my baby. That was my compliance. That was making sure my lessons agreements were done or the, you know, sending out the prescribed information, just making sure all the, nothing could come back on me. And that was what took the longest to kind of give away. And I'd been listening to more podcasts and stuff like that as to how people had grown businesses. And a lot of people had spoken about VAs and I hadn't really heard of VAs. But the more I heard about it, the more I thought, hmm, this sounds really interesting. So again, like I say, I spoke to quite a few people that were using them, found out how they did their training and stuff like that. And I put a um, job spec up on a website called Upwork. So I just put up there, I'm looking for a, a virtual assistant to do property management admin. And I was inundated with responses and it took quite, quite a while to sift through them. And... Uh, 
a lady responded and the thing that stood out with her CV was the fact that she already used the software that I was using. So one of my concerns was having to take the time to train someone up. It was great. I already had Nat on board, didn't really have to do much training with her because she already knew the ropes. She knew what property management was. But with an admin, I didn't want to take the time to have to sit and train someone. That's not my forte. Um, So she already had the experience with the software and she was a lot more expensive than the other VAs. But in my mind, I was thinking, wow, I don't mind paying that extra bit of money because she'll, again, hit the ground running. So obviously interviewed her, realized we get along really well. She knew what I was looking to achieve. So in the process of handing things over to her, literally as I was doing the work, I was recording everything just to kind of talk her through the processes, created a bank of Google Drive videos that she could then look into. And she's been a massive help in systemizing my business. So she has recorded, so written down her own set of standard operating procedures. And we use Asana now. So literally our whole lettings process from the point of viewing to then the moving into the property, that's one stage. And obviously you've got the other stuff. It's all through Asana. So at any point, anybody that's in the company can log in and see exactly what process it's at. And for me, that was just a real groundbreaking moment. I was like, yes, I have systems. There's not just me with, again, bits of paper thinking about, I've got to do this like to-do list. It was actually a systemized business by this point. And that was when I started to reap the rewards of getting some time back and allowing me to focus on the other side of the business. So it wasn't just wise lets, it was, you know, round property and our single lets. And then I gradually moved over our single lets into the management business. And yeah, it's just grown from there. That's awesome. And it's a really, it's great as well, because you can really visibly see the journey, can't you? You know, starting at 17, working in a career, going up in that career and getting to a decent level. And then that kind of ended abruptly. But you also your life changed at the same time in that you became a family. And then from that point, you then basically rebuilt yourself. And I can just see in the way you're talking about your career, you're like, yeah, I was doing this and I was doing that. And then I had to do this and I had to do that. And then you start talking about your property business and you're going, and then I was doing this and then I was doing that. And I was doing you can you know, really see that there's, there's a real passion there, which is great. We should probably at some point uh, talk about um, my anonymous landlord system, which might help you. Um, anyway, it's a whole different thing. It's, it's basically an, uh, a piece of software which allows you to automate um your all your accounting all of your maintenance and all of your reporting and everything i'll show it to you sometime i like the sound of that <laughs> yeah just all, you know, I, I mean i built this business in the same way and i'm an investor myself and yes i've got my letting letting agency which is more of a local based uh full management type service but a little while ago i saw a bit of a need for people that manage their own properties that that kind of that do so because they feel that they should or need to manage their own properties, don't want to use all their profits on agencies, which is fair. Um, But now, I mean, now still need to follow compliance rules and legislation and processes and even even down to things like this new breathing space law where you can't chase tenants' debts for 60 days and stuff like that. Anyway, 
So yeah, I made this system which effectively uses the technology that's in my letting agent, but without the letting agent managing it. So like tenant pays rent, you will have immediately had all of your deductions to any contractors that need to be paid, any landlords that need to be paid. It pays them all automatically for you and then yeah. transfers the profit into your bank. Um, and does it does it in a split second as well? So there's no delay. Um, anyway, we could go on. Definitely a gap that. in the market for, for something like that. Yeah, it's taken a bit of time to get to the end result of it. But um, yeah, it seems to be quite, quite popular and a lot of people are taking it up. So um, anyway, I'm not here selling that. It sounds like I'm giving you a sales no, pitch. Good. I like, I like this because again, there is so many little cogs that you have to turn in yeah. running a business. And if you can put it into one thing, happy days. Yeah, and it just means like, for an example, even from the beginning, it automates everything from tenant referencing. I mean, that's a simple thing nowadays. You know, the tenant referencing, the contracts, the ASTs, the right to rent, the um, gas safety, it does everything for yeah. you, and, but you control it. So, yeah. and it's cheap as chips as well, but Perfect. right. Anyway, I forgot what we were on to now. I've just gone to, uh, uh, right, I've got a potential customer here, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay, so uh, back onto the rent to the rent side. So now you're at the stage where your rent to rent business is generating good profits. It's systemized. You've got your time back. This is going to sound a bit cheesy, but if anybody's listening to this that has that feeling that they want to get out of a career, get out of the, the working life, and move into their own business, maybe in property. But is worried about doing it what's your message speak to people that are already doing it and there are so many friendly people in the property community and i massively owe a lot to people that have helped me along my way there's people that will do training courses i've never done a training course in terms of like um learning property investment strategies obviously I've done training courses but not that kind of things there are so many free resources out there but I would definitely speak to someone that's maybe that couple of steps ahead of you because everybody started in the same position everyone's got similar fears everyone's had to go through the same pain and if they can talk you through how they've overcome that it will hopefully alleviate any of the concerns um Property networking was a massive thing for me because you meet so many different characters who, again, can talk you through processes. I've learned so much just from talking to people and listening to podcasts and reading books. There's so much information out there. So I would definitely say with do your research first and just reach out to people. Yeah, I love that. And, and it always comes back down to the same thing. And at some point in your life, you're going to face something that you just have to either go for or hide from. One way or another, no matter who you are, where you are, what you do, at some point, you're going to hit this, this brick wall and you're either going to smash through it or you're just going to go, okay, I'm happy behind this wall. And that's fine. E either one is fine. Yeah. And no, 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 nothing's ever perfect. Your first one, my goodness, I made so many mistakes, but you learn from them and you then don't do it again. So it's always good, good to learn from things. And yeah, you, you'll get better as you go along. Everybody has to start somewhere. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And it's, and it's inspirational as well, Kira, in that 
you know, what you're effectively saying is, if I can do it, you can do it. And that's the rule. And, and, and when some people hear that and they see, uh, I did a podcast actually, it was a long, long time ago, but I don't think I got the message across um, as well as I wanted to do. But it was basically that if you want to be it, you've got to see it. Meaning, if you want to, like you said earlier on, if you want to be something, if you want to have 10 properties under your belt and have a nice income coming from properties, then talk to people who have done that and find out what mistakes they made, find out what successes they had, what systems they put in place, what pra processes they have, et cetera, et cetera. And then copy them. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I've learned some good things from, you know, there's lots of good rent to rent companies out there. And yeah, you know, even down to what referencing company they use and looking at their adverts on spare room. And yeah, if, some, if someone's doing something good, then yeah, you should be doing the same thing. Yeah, totally right. Totally right. Okay, well, look, so um, let's jump back to rent to rent very quickly. Um, and Give us a bit of an idea now on any people that are listening to this that think, okay, well, why would I rent my property to you for then you to go and make the profit? Why would a landlord do that? Because for them, it's very hands-off. So some people, as we've spoken about before, don't necessarily want to pay a estate agent to manage their property for them. They're essentially getting free management. So as long as you go with a reputable rent to rent company, you're going to get your property refurbished essentially because the standard that we like to rent the properties out are that much higher because obviously we need to get better returns than essentially what they could do renting out themselves. Um, so yeah, they'll get a fully refurbished property um, they'll get new furniture to keep at the end of the contract. And it's going to be fully managed because, again, if we don't keep those rooms filled, we don't keep our tenants happy, um, we're not going to get paid. And essentially, we're going to want to keep, keep those rooms filled so that we've got enough money to pay them. But their rent's guaranteed anyhow. So it's very, very stress free. A lot of the landlords that I work with, I'll give them updates. But, you know, one of the, it's not even been, been to the property in the whole time that I've, I've had it. And that's been two years now. And um, I'll send him little updates, but it is very hands off. They just see each month their money rolled into their bank account without any concerns. You know, a boiler breaks. Yet we might have to have a conversation. But day to day general maintenance, like a door handles broke. It's all covered. It's, you know, it's very, very stress free. Yeah. And it really is that uh, look, if you're on that side of it and you're the landlord, then it is the ultimate anonymous landlord, isn't it? <laughs> Sorry, I'm not plugging my own podcast. It, <laughs> it is, it's, it's that you don't have anything to do with the property. You don't have to refurbish it. You don't have to manage it. You don't have to keep maintaining it or fixing things or worrying about anything. All you do is... Yeah, that's it. Just sit back, get your money each month. Um, what sort of... Again, I know it's, it's different per property, um, but what sort of calculations would you make to work out how much rent you would offer to a landlord? Just so that anybody listening to this that thinks, you know what, I'm not bothered about massive income each month, uh, but I want safe, guaranteed, reliable income for my property and I want nothing to do with it. So how would you calculate that? So it's done, it's more done on kind of what we can get per room so we like our profit is usually made on the last room and a half um yes. so if we ever have a void period we know that we're still making that little bit of profit but 
I essentially, so I've got properties that range from four beds up to seven beds and the rents that I pay my landlords all differ compared to considering what I have to pay on the refurb as well. Mm -hmm. So for a four bed, I pay as little as 200 pound a room, but that's if it's in really bad order. But then I've got some rents that are nearly 300 pounds a room because I haven't had to invest as much as my own, as much of my own money. So it really, it's, there's not a one size fits all. I don't find with, with rent to rent. Obviously I've got calculators that I use that I put in, you know, my refurbishment costs, the price per room that I think I can achieve. But for each landlord it is very much an individual conversation. Um, in most instances, though, when I've run the calculations, they're not any worse off by going with us when they take into a consideration, like typically I've rented from student landlords. So they would rent their properties on a 10 to 11 month contract. So when they take into consideration that void period, some of them have done bills included, their maintenance costs, their management fees, their setup fees, um, cleaning and stuff like that they're actually financially better off going with me because that's all part of the package. And when I do put a proposal forward to a landlord, that is exactly what I break down for them. So that they, a lot of people like to see in black and white what, you know, what they have been getting and what they are going to be offered. And yeah, I think visuals is always a good thing. And yeah, nine times out of 10, they'll be much, you know, they'll, they'll be financially better off by going down the, the guaranteed rent route. Yeah, and you know what? I just I just want to say thank you for being quite open and transparent about that because I, uh, you know, I speak to a lot of rent to renters. Uh, my team speaks to a lot of rent to renters. Um, my company also does rent to rent, but not like you do. So we, my company, do a guaranteed rent, which is yeah. um, anyway, it's a different thing. But it's but we, as a letting agent, you'll find that not a lot of letting agents do that fully maintained, fully. Uh, refurbed, fully furnished service. What a, let, a lot of letting agents do as their maximum service is full management plus guaranteed rent. Not a rent guarantee, not an insurance policy, guaranteed rent. Yeah. But what you're doing is you're taking that to the next level. And it's almost like you're the Uber letting agent, aren't you? <laughs> In that you basically do everything. And credit to you and so thank you for for being open about how you calculate the um the payments to the landlords because i speak to a lot of people that don't that are very yeah that hide that information and i don't see why i think actually you know you just said to me right two or three hundred pound a room let's say there'll be a lot of landlords listening to this thinking well i'd take that two or three hundred pound a room yeah have it <laughs> i've nothing more to do with it so yeah yeah, thank you for that. Appreciate that. And I think just breaking it down, essentially what you're going to do, I think I've been really lucky that I've had a state agency background. So talking to landlords hasn't been too much of a struggle. And again, because I am, am an investor myself, I very much explain to landlords that I will be treating their property as if it were my own. I'm not just, you know, obviously my first rent to rent, I was new into it, but we've, we've grown so much in the last few years. I've got that experience now and it is very much their property will be well cared for. I've got that track record. They can speak with other landlords that I've been working with. They'll provide, you know, glowing references. And that has certainly helped me um, in the most recent months obtain more properties because I've got that proven track record and that knowledge. And one of my big, big bugbears is a lot of people that go into rent to rent 
yeah, I know everybody has to start somewhere, but they don't give any consideration to the regulations. Like they would literally go and take a property and the, the regulations change between a student let and a professional let in terms of like the fire standards and you know, fire doors, smoke alarms and stuff like that. And they'll just take it on and they're not compliant. And I'm like, oh, do you realize what you could be getting yourself into? Because, and the landlord, because as we know, if it's a five bed, it's licensed and the fines that could potentially come back on that landlord because essentially it's their name that's on the license are massive so they need to make sure they're going with someone that again is going to protect their licensing and the conditions in that license and not just give it to anyone yeah yeah it's true and do you know what there have been 47 changes to legislation in the last 12 months would you believe that that's crazy yeah how is anybody supposed to keep up with all of that um perfect well okay where does it go from here what does the future look like for you so we are still growing um i'm just in negotiations at the moment to take on another property um but aside from that as well we've 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 added another sort of string to our bow as it were so a lot of landlords you know they might be retiring landlords and that's why they've come to us because they want that hands-off approach we also have an option where we will look to buy the property from them as well. So they will get that guaranteed rent for a certain period of time. And at the end of it, they will get a guaranteed buyer. So we've got a couple going through at the moment where we've got agreements in place that, yeah, we've, we've got this rent for a certain period of time. And this is what we will buy the property from you. It's all drawn up with the solicitors. So we're, we're exploring that a bit more as well at the moment because as some people say, yeah, it's great having this investment because it is an investment property. We are putting money into a property to receive an income from it. It's beneficial for both parties, but you don't get that capital growth that you would get with a normal investment property, which you own. Um, so it's always great to have that option at the end. It's a win-win for both parties um, because yeah, the seller knows it's he's got a buyer and we know that we're going to get something out of it at the end and potentially we'll put more money into that property because it's going to be ours and you know we're going to make um the what's the word yeah like some capital off of it too if we refurbish it so and that's the thing that is so unbelievable isn't it is that we are actually allowed to make profit you know it's, it's, <laughs> it's all right uh, do yeah. you know what you you i see i'm i'm connected with so many property investors and uh, property investment coaches and trainers and all of that on social media. And anytime any property investor says, shares something publicly that says, oh, I've made a really good profit from this property, you get all the people saying, well done, yeah, that's great, fantastic. You'll always get one or two people that say, oh, you're disgusting making profit out of property. Well, we're allowed to, it's okay. Um, and it's the same with business. Actually, you probably want a business that you're working with to make profit. Otherwise, you're at risk of losing anything you put into that business. Anyway, it always gets my, gets my <laughs> back up when, when people criticize businesses and, and investors for making profit. Yeah. Anyway, right. Don't know where that came from, but I just want to thank you very much, Kira, for that story, as well as the information you've given. I think accidentally you've probably just done a couple of things there <laughs> i think number one you've probably given some inspiration to people who might be wanting to make the jump from the working life through to the um, career life in property investment um 
But I think you've also given people a lot of tips on how they might benefit from doing so, how they might grow their own portfolios themselves and how maybe they might get into rent to rent in their own areas. Um, uh, with that, I guess, motivation of being able to do it, you can do it. So even with a young family, if you know, you, you have to put in the hours, anything, you know, nothing comes easy. But if you put the hard work in, in the front end, you'll reap rewards at the, you know, the, the back end. And a few years down the line, I'm starting to feel that now, but it's not been without some graft. But yeah, yeah. if anybody has, drop me a message. I love helping people and I'll talk freely about things. I'm not going to charge you a load of money like some training courses to. I'll give you the good, the bad and the ugly and, you know, hopefully some tips. Yeah, too right. And you know what? You're right. There are loads of training courses you can do. And I don't disagree with the training courses. And I think, I think you've hit the nail on the head. The word is graft. And you can go to a training course and you can spend a few days learning all this stuff intensely. And you can pay a few thousand pounds for that, right? Nothing wrong with that. Or you can do your own graft and your own research because all of the information that they teach in those training courses is available for free. Just listen to my podcast. It's all in there yeah but but the point is is that you can either spend a few thousand pounds and, and, and get someone to teach you or you can go and learn it for yourself one way or another you'll get to the same result of knowledge and experiences from people that have done it that have been there that know what they're doing um but one way or another you've got to do something absolutely all right, let's wrap that up there. And uh, and by the way, if anybody wants to contact Kira, she's very kindly offered to help people. And I've, I've got that now, signed, sealed, delivered. <laughs> <laughs> so if people do want to contact you, either they just want some inspiration from you, Kira, or perhaps there are, there's landlords listening to this that think, yeah, I'd be interested in something like that. How can they contact you? So they can either email me and that's at kira at wise-lets.com or on my Instagram. And that's it's a bit, bit longer. So kira underscore loves underscore property. Awesome. Right. That is that. So that's the end of another episode of The Anonymous Landlord. Thank you very much to Kira. And by the way, if you joined this one late, don't forget to listen to the previous episode where we do a joint episode interview with Kira and James uh, about the rest of their property investment journey and ventures. It's very interesting, double-barreled interview episodes. Um, <laughs> but no, thank you very much for that. And uh, do contact Kira if you have any questions. But also remember that all of these things, whether you go down the rent to rent route yourself or whether you're a landlord that uses a rent to rent firm like Kira's, then it's all part of the golden rule that your property is nothing more than a vehicle which is designed to make profit without you. That's why we set up all these systems. That's why we do all these processes. That's why we have all these people running around for us so that we can make profit and keep our time. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Thank you very much, Kira. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Really enjoyed you are it. More than welcome. We have slightly gone over time, but shock, shock <laughs> horror. <laughs> we could probably talk for hours, but no, take care of yourself. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Speak to you soon.